0: VoiceAmerica.com
1: Eddie George Tall Grey
2: Good afternoon and welcome to radio by george with your host NFL superstar Eddie George for the next hour Eddie and his guests will enlighten empower and entertain you now here's the man of the hour Eddie George
3: ah yes 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 welcome coming to you live from EG's lounge where I like to get down so to speak <laughs> And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of By George Radio. Today we have a a wonderful, wonderful guest. I think she can change a lot of lives. Uh, but before we get into that, I have a few brief announcements to make. Um, if you're out there listening, uh, and you have a calendar in front of you, or a piece of paper and a pencil, write down this date: Saturday, May 19th in Nashville, Tennessee. I will be hosting along with Bridgestone Tour Day Nash. Tour de Nash is a, uh, basically a, a free two- or four-mile downtown walking tour for all ages, or a free six- or 12-mile bike ride for ages, all ages and abilities. Or if you're experienced and you want to test your skills and fortitude, you can get involved in the paid 31, 50- or 62-mile bike ride. And basically, you're going to see all the great, wonderful greenways and walkways throughout Nashville, and it's basically to promote a healthy lifestyle and all that is into it. It's a great community event, and I hosted it last year. A lot of people came out. Uh, the mayor was in town, and we just had a really, really good time. And, and uh, that will be May 19th, Saturday. So you can go online and register today at www.tourdaynash.org. So sign up now, and, and I hope to see you in town. And if you're out of town, come on in. We'll show you some southern hospitality. And uh, this weekend was a great weekend. I had the opportunity to go to Louisville this past weekend to the Kentucky Derby. And this is my second event, the second time I went in the last four years. And this thing has really grown exponentially in terms of stars that were there. I mean, it was the Queen of England was there, uh, Michael Jordan was there. By the way, I was sitting in his. <laughs> Private booth, and you know it was so sweet to see all the people in there. Of Hollywood, time. Uh, Tom Joyner was in there. Vince Young, uh, Michael Strahan, and we were all just sitting back, just just, just relaying, you know, just, just vibing and having a good time. And and uh, one particular topic that came up, we were, I was co- having a conversation with uh, Al Renner, Reynolds, who is Star Jones' husband, and another gentleman, uh, John Murray. Uh, John Murray is uh, a uh, a columnist on Black Voice and uh, of AOL Black Voices and also known for John's Juice. We were just sitting there talking, and they were asking me, uh, well, you know, Eddie, how how has it been for you uh, now that you're not playing football? What did you fall back on? And the first thing I said, well, listen, I didn't have the mindset of falling back on anything. I I had the mindset to move forward to something else because I knew that football was inevitable and I couldn't allow that to to be my 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 vice, my, my God so to speak, that I was gonna rely on football to identify me. So I said I never said I, I wanted to fall back on something. But that reminded me of a state that I went through for two or three years of uh, depression. And we're gonna talk about that today with my special guest and I'm going to introduce her right now. Her name is Dr. Gerald Ann Fletcher Agie. I hope I said that right. <laughs> She's a professor at the University of California, Berkeley. She has a Ph.D. in psychology and is currently a performance consultant with the NFL Europe League. She has worked with executives at major corporations such as Sony, Walmart, and Chicken Soup. Gerilyn has been featured on Fox News, on Fox News, I'm part of Fox Sports Net, <laughs> uh, also Court TV, NPR Radio, Ebony Magazine, news outlets all across the U.S. Welcome Thank to you. my world, Gerilyn. Thank I appreciate you. you coming on today.
4: Yeah, it's good to be here in your world, Eddie. I appreciate being here.
3: Yeah, and really, like what I was talking about earlier, my story, as we were looking over the balcony, and looking at the beautiful horses, and really taking in that experience of the Kentucky Derby, uh, we got into an in-depth conversation about depression, and even in our own community, uh, the Black community, uh, and specifically, it's taboo to talk about that, right? Because it's considered as a weakness, or to get uh, counseling is a weakness. And I just reflected on my time going through depression when I went from Dallas, from Tennessee to Dallas, and. How heavy that weighed on me, and my performance, and my mindset, and how I was searching for something. So, and I really didn't know I was going through that, Geraldine. Now, now tell me, how, what are the, some of the symptoms of depression when you don't really know where you're at?
4: Right. Well, it's it sounds like some of the what you were going through is reasonable. A, a great transition, going through a, a great change, uh, being there in Tennessee, loving Tennessee, and then going to Texas. Um, so it would be understandable that there would be some shift, but. We know that it's depression when people have a persistent, sad, Anxious or empty mood when they when they might be at the Kentucky Derby looking at you know how beautiful things are and they can't take it in they can't enjoy it um, we we call that a feeling of pep, uh, pessimism where they mm. can't really you know they they get these good things and it just really doesn't stick it really doesn't right. matter anymore um, when people have a loss of interest or pleasure in things that they used to enjoy like their hobbies activities or even their work mm. and that could even include sexual activity yeah. um, when oh, yeah. people have a decreased yeah. energy they feel fatigue they feel like they're slowing down, they're tired all the time and they don't know why. Um having trouble um difficulty concentrating, remembering things or even making decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. Also
4: when you see changes in appetite and 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 um and then certainly if people have any kind of feelings of suicidality Mm. and so anybody can have like with the exception of suicide, anybody can feel anxious, anybody can feel down, anybody can feel uh, tired, but it's not necessarily depression unless it's something that's going on for at least two weeks where it's a persistent mood and it just doesn't lift, you know Um, Mm -hmm. things should be able to, we should have a um, we can't feel things where we feel down at some point in our life but depression is something that just sticks with us and people that love you and people that are You go. You know what? That's not Eddie. You know. You know. And people start to worry about you, or you're like you said, it impacts your performance. Right. So that's when you know that 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 it's not just a blue moon. It's not just that you're down a little bit, but it's depression when you when you want to go out there and perform your best and you and you just can't even get out of this this um, this like it's like a a
3: thick negative energy. Yeah. Like no matter no matter what happens, like a blessing could be coming into your life. you just got married, new children, a new job, but it's something there that's that that same negative energy just not totally fulfilled. Right. And that's how I, I kinda felt that. I mean I was successful. I went from winning a Heisman trophy, mm-hmm. um, all pro running back, uh, face of the NFL, and when I went to Dallas to be treated a different way, not that I was one that, I'm a prima donna, I know, I know I'm not that but right. Just to be treated like, a, like a, a commodity, so to speak, not as a human being, it was, it was very difficult to, to go through that. and I, I went through a, a great deal of headaches, migraine headaches, and I didn't know where they were coming from. And I found that I had so much energy, but I couldn't figure out how to, to release that. Where should I put that energy? And it wasn't until I hooked up with um, Jeff Obafa Mikar. Who is a wonderful man? He's the the peace. uh, He's the dream weaver, (laughs) so to speak. And he, I sat down with him for a year, uh, trying to to work on my uh, acting lessons and speech speech lessons and what have you. But what I found. And a lot of those, and a lot of those sessions was therapeutic. That's right. Well, and it was, it was, and I, I didn't realize I had an artistic side, and it was, right. it was such a great release and and such an eye opening gift. And, I mean, I felt a release. So, though, are, the, though, are those some of the ways that you can deal with depression? Not necessarily in the traditional sense of sitting down oh. with a. A counselor, but just talking to somebody.
4: Most definitely. As a matter of fact, I have students right now. I have a. This is the end of the semester here at UC Berkeley. I have students that are working on projects right now that are looking at how poetry people can use poetry to lift depression. Mm. Uh, we went to New Orleans, and I worked on some research with uh, one of my research associates, a student by the name of Victoria Hamilton, is there at Fisk University, and she and I went down to uh, went down to New Orleans, and we actually interviewed. Lots of people and looked at how they coped after the storm, and mm-hmm. there were many of the people that used music, that right. that used poetry to help um, to help release some of those negative thoughts that they were stuck with, or even release some of those redemptive thoughts that they that they were that they were blessed with mm-hmm. that helped them to reframe the situation that they were in. And so I know that the work that you and Jeff were doing together mm-hmm. was actually you know career related. You know how do I build my skills in these these areas of being an, an announcer and and uh, being a spokesperson, but it also had that therapeutic purpose of being able to allow you to have that outlet. I also um, created with the support or under the direction of uh, one of the directors of football operations in NFL Europe, his name is Michael Chan, Mm -hmm. Uh, worked with him and I worked with all of the um, trainers and the head athletic um, sports medicine group there um, for NFL Europe in creating a sports, um, a a professional athlete coping inventory. Mm. So we created an inventory to look look at how athletes deal with depression, how they um, deal with anxiety, and how they cope. And one of the coping mechanisms that, uh, that I saw that many of the players did use was some kind of creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And so I was out, you know, when I work with guys, Eddie, I don't say, you know, come to my office. You shall sit on this couch. I shall sit in this chair, and um, I shall follow the appropriate for you method until you are healed, so say it's me. I don't do it that way. I actually believe the person that's sitting across from me is the expert on what it takes for them to ameliorate their standing. I'm just the guide that takes them there. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I recognize is that many of the guys did use Creative Outlifts. So what I started saying to them when they were having sleep problems, I started prescribing them music. I said, okay, so if you're listening to, you know, one new hip-hop group, a franchise boys or somebody like that, I want you to turn that off by 8 o'clock at night and I'm going to prescribe you Robin Thicke from, uh, you know, from 10 p.m. on because I need yeah. you to kind of relax your mood and, and get That's to right. a point where you could go to bed and stuff. And the guys were really feeling that. Right. You, know? you know, I was like, what's
3: in your iPod? Hey, Robin Thicke will put you in the mood now. <laughs> Put that's, you. A, that's a bad boy. That he really is. He'll, he'll put
4: you there. He really is. And so this, they really got into that. And one of the players that I was working with, he said to me, he was like, you don't need to call this counseling. He said, like, you need to call this um, common sense training. That's you know, I'm And sure. that's one of the things that I learned from dealing with men, not just with the NFL but in a college situation. I worked at UC Berkeley and Georgia State and Ohio State. Um, and and, there, and I'm, I'm finding that men need a different language for talking about depression. So I worked with really? a guy, and then I was like, well, well, you know, it seems to me that you might be depressed. And he took offense. He said, "I'm not yeah. depressed. Where did you get that from?" Right. I said, "Well, this this instrument." I said, "Well, you know what? Maybe you're not depressed, but you answered this instrument consistently with other men who have themselves been depressed. Mm. So there may be something that's going on that would make you answer this in a way that would would suggest depressive symptoms." And he said, "You mean like? You mean like that my dad just died? You mean like that?" I say, yeah, I mean like that. Mm. So just even the language around depression. You ask a woman, how are you feeling? She either says, I feel great, I'm up and down, or she'll say, I feel blue, I feel down, I feel depressed, right? But you ask a guy, how, do you, how does he feel? And guess what he says? You know, he's got headaches, like you yeah. said. Yeah. He can't sleep. Um, he's having pr- trouble focusing. He, um, he's having trouble with decision-making. So men are going to more likely see these symptoms as strategy problems to work around.
3: Right, they, and, and, and men put up, you know, that front that they can handle the work. World. Right. Because you know, that's what we're told that we can do, that we, you know, we're invincible, and on some levels we are, but however, there are, stress is, is a never-ending thing, it's a never-ending monster that you're always going to come f- confront with on a day-to-day basis, and depression is is a part of that. And I, what I've learned in my lifetime is that you don't live in depression, you go through yeah. depression. that's right. And you learn something from that stage in your life, and you give it to somebody else. That's right. Okay, now... If you're out there listening, and I know that you're probably looking on your screen, but if you're not looking on your screen, call it to 866-472-5787. We're going to take a minute break, and we want to come right back and talk some more with Carolyn Fletcher, AGY, as we talk about depression and how you get through it.
0: From our home to your speakers. VoiceAmerica.com. Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends.
2: There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to EGXLifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit EGXLifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today.
0: VoiceAmerica.com
2: You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George.
3: And welcome back to Radio by George. Uh, I'm one guest. Um, you're on air with myself and uh, Dr. Geraldine Fletcher, who is a professor at the University of California, Berkeley. Now, the, your mascot is what? The uh, Bruin, right? Uh,
4: no, that's UCLA. Oh, I, know. Uh, I, know. We're, I don't know. I'm just having
3: <laughs> So we're, but seriously, we're, we're on the topic of depression, something that's very serious, something that's not talked about enough in our society. And uh, Geraldine, what are some of the ways that you can express yourself like we were talking about in the end of our segment and also how long does depression last
4: well, um, depression can actually last for a very, uh, uh, very long time if it goes unchecked and untreated. The interesting thing about depression is that depression itself actually is is a bigger cause of reasons why people miss work more so than any other major health condition that we can think of. Um, so it's very prevalent. At some point in their lives, um, most Americans will experience some bout of depression. So it can be, you know, a two-week standover something that you know, break up from a boyfriend or mm-hmm. or, or or getting the news that you didn't get in a school that you wanted to get get into, and those th- kinds of things are valid and they they can go on, but sometimes people can stay in a in a in a state a depressive state uh for so long that it can kind of impair other areas of their life so I think so there are people,
3: different levels of depression.
4: Oh, definitely, definitely. So one of the, there's mild depression, and so that's typically, you know, I'm depressed or I have my ups and downs, but I can get through it. There's moderate depression, and that's people who, you know, I've been depressed for quite a bit of time, and it's starting to impair how I see the world. And you call it um, a heavy, uh, thick, negative energy. And when I talk to my clients, I talk to them about um, a cloud, you know, sometimes they feel like there's like a cloud overhead, or even I talk to them about a filter, you know, like they're seeing everything through this depressive filter, so somebody can... Could come up and give them their you know their favorite kind of cake or they could hit the lottery you know and, and it would still not they would still be perceived through that negative depressive filter um, so I've seen people who have major depression and that's where uh, people who are um, uh, very impaired very depressed and then even at some points like suicidal mm-hmm. and um, and so that that can go on for a long time to where we have to intervene um, as professionals to try to give them some help or to stabilize them mm-hmm. and to bring, bring the depressive move back and then also there's some. People People who are predisposed to depression and people who have like a baseline um, uh, depressive mood are uh, called being affected as having dysthymia, um, and so that's where they're just depressed all the time. And typically, I haven't seen that a lot in the college students I work with, or in the athletes that I have worked with in the past, or even with the professionals I've seen. I typically see people who are depressed as a reaction to something—something something that's mm-hmm. been unfulfilled in their life, or major and drastic change or loss, whether it's a whether it's a loss of a loved one. Or whether it's a change in something like their career, like going um, in your case, going from Nashville, um, going and going to Dallas, and then all of what that meant. I'm sure that moving was one part for you, but it's all of what that meant in terms of the stability and the footing and the grounding that you had, you know, and that but, what you but, established.
3: But to add to that, the identity. Yeah. You know, and and, and uh, I know with a few friend a few friends of mine who are former athletes. Uh, that they, they've gone through it heavily and it was something that they couldn't really deal with and yeah. they and they drew back to the drew back on things like uh, alcohol yeah. uh, drugs women, and in excessive amounts and it was it was tough for them to deal with. And a lot of them, you know, don't have any money now, and they're divorced, and it mm-hmm. just seems like it's a downward spiral. Right. And it's a uh, it's a difficult thing to to watch them go through it. But I I I can relate because it's so easy.
4: Right. It because is.
3: You're used to a certain lifestyle, and all of a sudden that's cut off. That's right. And I I believe that you know the retired players association they're trying to find ways to uh to uh help out the former players because the retired players don't have an outlet. They don't have someone they can talk to. They don't, they don't know the first thing about it. I, right. I'm going to say one name, uh, Robert Smith,
1: mm-hmm. who was
3: a good friend of mine at Ohio State. Uh, he played uh, seven years with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and he confided confide in me that he had to seek out depression. And right. he called his own, own shots. He retired when he wanted to, right. when he thought he was ready. Right, and to have that withdrawal, you know it's not geraline there's nothing better in the world than to score a touchdown and have a hundred thousand people at your beck and call.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There's no greater feeling like that that's a sense of power, and then when you're demeaned at the end of your career to a guy, so to speak, you know someone of less significance on the football field, that's heavy. I don't care. If you've played 20 years, won 20 Super Bowls every year, when you come face-to-face with that monster, that's, that's heavy. And I, I just know a lot of friends, you know, some guys have become or uh, uh, suffer from anorexia. Uh, I mean, strange strange things. I mean, we're dying. Obesity rate for football players are out the window. And I believe they are all signs, but depression is the core of the problem.
4: That's right. And I I think that something that you said earlier when you talked about you you never thought of, you knew that football at some point would end and you wanted to have something that you were looking forward to and something instead of something that you were falling back on. And so what I think helped you to create this, um, this, this renewed eddy after you've got what you've gone through is that you had that mindset and you actually even had that mindset to redirect that energy. Okay, you know, I'm still hyped up. There's still a lot of left, life left in me. As a matter of fact, you know, you're, you're in your prime and you said, well, why don't I go into this endeavor and get some coaching from Jeff Cardy, you know, to do these things. Um, and, and when I see that people are successful like that, it's because they've employed these positive coping mechanisms, which I have to be honest with you, I think most of the men in the, in the league, most of the men that I yeah. see in collegiate Sports. Most of the men I see, whether they're CEOs or CFOs or or executives in in major corporations that I've worked with, uh, they have. Most of them have these positive coping skills that help them to get through. Um, But what happens is that when we don't have like resources to help us, when we get to a point where, where the ideas that we come up with fail us, you know, where we say, you know what, I've tried everything I know to do. Right. It it worked when I it was work. it worked when I was a Titan but it's not working now that, right. that 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 I'm a cowboy. I've I've come up with no 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 other ways to kinda of deal with this. Right. There's no outlet. There's no. There's no 911. If you were to say, uh, as a professional athlete, or, or, or you know, to say, you know what, my ankle hurts, there'd be 17 different doctors that could give you an opinion about that. That's but right. there's not an outlet, you know, for for men to be able to get that kind of help in an instance notice from people who they believe are non-judgmental. I mean, we're trained to be that way. We're right. trained to have unconditional positive regard, but people don't don't think to come to us because of that stigma association associated with getting that kind of help.
3: Okay. Well, we have a caller on online. Uh, This is Renee from Washington. Uh, Renee, are you online?
4: Yes, I am. Hi, Renee. Renee? Hello. How are you? Hi, uh, Dr. Fletcher and Eddie. We're doing good. We're doing good. (laughs) Good. I have two comments. One for the doctor. um, Your comment about using music as a form of therapy. Mm Hmm. I can so relate because depending on how what my mood is. I can listen to all types of music and when you said Robin Thick, I just I can put his CD in when I'm in that kind of zone and just and it really is very, very therapeutic. It is very much so. I actually did a, um, a a panel at the Harlem Book Fair two years ago called Books That Heal, and one of the things that I was talking with the, my panelists about was how we find these alternative ways of healing ourselves, which I think is a beautiful thing. But what, I, what I'm not suggesting is that we go it alone and we figure out how to just use music or books to deal with things ourselves. I think the medical and the psychiatric community, I think we need to step up our game and say, you know what, these are ways that people actually have healing in real time, and we need to figure out more ways to incorporate that into the treatment we're going to do. And in that way, we're going to get more people to come to us because we actually have some tools. Depression is treatable. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually do have some um, some magic tricks <laughs> that I can use to help people like to what, get better like sooner. What, well, one of the things that, that I focus on is how to how to change that negative filter. Mm-hmm. So looking at how are you how are you thinking about things and doing some reality checking. So when you stay in that negative filter and you sit there by yourself and you're only checking in with yourself and, and your own brain, then you're not going to come up with a solution that's going to move you forward. So I really challenge men that I work with to say, you know, who is the person that's in your corner who's, who's coming up with suggestions for you to kind of get out of that? And most of the time it's who. Who is the person that most men are that tell me that they talk to when they're in that time of need?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, so most of the time it's like somebody's mother or, you know, somebody that they're close to. So I actually really challenge them to you know, spend more time with them or if there's something that makes you lift that mood, spend more time doing that stuff. And it's it's actually, like the player said to me, some of it is a little bit of common sense, but it's common sense in action. That's right. So you that's know right. what you need to do. You know you need to get up. You know you need to not drink at night because it's going to make you more depressed at night, and that's when, when things jump off. Mm. But, uh, but it's common sense in action, so that's what I kind of help uh, people to do and like helping them with the music uh, like Renee has been doing. Now, Renee, do you have any other questions? Yes, uh, to you, first of all, I'm a fan, huge Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I have followed your career in college and in the NFL mm-hmm. with the Oilers, the Titans, and even with the Cowboys. And I'm really, really surprised to hear that you suffered from depression.
3: Oh, yeah. The, you know, well, thank you uh, for your comments. I'm, I'm gonna, right, We have a minute to break, so I'm going to finish off this thought. But, yeah, I, I, I suffered through that. And it's something that uh, I had to come to grips with. Uh, it was difficult. It was painful. Um, you you find yourself like in a uh, twilight zone.
1: just
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> felt like everything that I was I used uh, that I was used to was totally different. Uh, but but some of the things that I that I did to to kind of uh, off, off, offset that was I went out and seek education and I to get my masters and i was doing everything just to take that energy in the right direction because i didn't want to come home and sulk and be in front of the television and eat and reminisce over well this is what i did in 1995 and become bitter i never wanted to be bitter when i left the game although i didn't leave on my terms i'm not bitter i'm thankful because through that situation i've learned something valuable about myself i've learned now how to to run a business, and I'm understanding that ultimately that this is the path that I'm on. And we want to continue this riveting conversation in a minute. So stay tuned.
0: VoiceAmerica.com your news talk information radio network.
2: There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today.
5: Someone once said, what you don't know won't hurt you. Since our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, that couldn't be further from the truth. Inside Diversity, the power of intelligence is committed to providing an electronic venue for practical education and thought-provoking dialogue about diversity initiatives and the implications for the communities where we live and work. On air every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice American Network, Inside Diversity is a voice to the community. This show embarks on a journey to confront the lack of knowledge by collaborating with a diverse group of experts to share insights and intelligent solutions to workplace issues with a focus on cultural competence and challenges facing women. Join host Carmen M. Carter every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Network for Inside Diversity, the Power of Intelligence, and go where few people dare to explore and learn
2: the real deal like never before.
0: VoiceAmerica.com
2: You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest, or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George.
3: And welcome back to Radio by George. We're talking with Dr. Geraldine Fletcher, Angie, about depression, how you get through it, how you can see it through and learn from it as well. And one of the things that I do, Geraldine, is I, I'm a DJ. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up in southwest Philly. I grew up in Philadelphia where some of the greatest DJs come out of. And that was my inspiration, so to speak. That was my artistic flow. I always wanted two turntables and a mic. So now, now at the age of 33, my wife just got me two turntables and a, a mic. mic. And I enjoy it, but I, I say that to say that I, when I was going through my my situation, I would play music for hours, lost into that that whole flow, and I would play on songs, particularly of the past, when things were good, like my old school set, when it made me feel good.
1: Mm-hmm, that's right. It made me
3: feel good about who I was at that time, what I was going through, excited about the future. Although in my mind and in, in the physical eye uh... My future looked murky, but it it broke through that, and I was able to feel good about something, and, and that's why I, I find that now when I go into my lounge and I play my sets, I'm in there for three, four hours, and it's all feel good music. Right. And I just wanted to say that you know I guess I was doing some of the therapeutic stuff for with myself, without right.
4: realizing it. And, and then you went ahead and married music too. No, oh, say it again. I say and you went ahead and married music too. Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> so you can say, "Baby, come and hit it, baby." <laughs>
3: yeah, you should hear her sing too. I know, uh, I love her we yeah, yeah, have a good time up in here.
4: That's right, that's right. So it, I mean, it is good to have that kind of energy because uh, that music does what it what it does is like you said, it takes us back um, to a time when we were excited. Um, there's one of the features that are associated with depression and even anxiety that we're not really talking about right now, but that's called perseveration. Perseveration is where we take one thought and we just go over it and over it and over it again. So the thought could be, you know, you know, you know, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, and so music kind of. That uh, serves that same purpose, where we take this thought and it's a beautiful thought, and then the song reinforces the thought, and then our, our mood feels good. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, we're feeling better. Um, but the, the flip side can happen too. So when I have people that are depressed, instead of prescribing them, you know, some "Where Has My Baby Gone?" and you know all this kind of stuff, I might prescribe to them, you know, go out and listen to some music that that's upbeat or or, or get you um, get you up and going instead of keeps you down. Because um, when I was on Fox News a couple of weeks weeks ago, I was Talking about the Virginia Tech uh, tragedies, and uh-huh. we were talking about how part of what this young man was doing was thinking his own thoughts obviously he wasn 't checking his real thoughts with anybody or else things would have went a whole different way, um, but he was just sitting there and just thinking with these thoughts, and he 's validating his thoughts, and he was also using very violent um, and very um, um, very violent music that had fantasies mm. of, of of hurting people or you so know these that, fantasies that's what came
3: out in the reports is that he was listening to this stuff
4: that 's exactly right wow right so c n n had sent me some uh information and I was reading it, and definitely had all these lyrics from different songs, and all of the songs are like you know um you know, I'm I'm not with this world, or I'm above the world, and and you know, forget everybody else. Very angry, very violent. Um, so, if that, that can be true, and we can see what kind of impact it has, then also the the the, um, the the converse is true, they can have a positive impact.
3: Right, and and that's uh, that was a very tra- tragic event, and you know, it's it, it, that's my point. <laughs> this, with having this platform right now and talking about depression and some of the issues, and how things can turn around. Yeah. And you just look for that breakthrough. Yeah. And and specifically my wife, for instance, you know, after having her first child, a postpartum depression
4: That's right.
3: is a beast. It is. <laughs> and I know this because she threw some things at me. <laughs> uh, every, every time I walked through the door, it was something, you know, and I just know how she struggled through that, and she thought that she could pray through it. I've talked to women that have gone through it and said they, they had to, so they can pray through it. They were tougher than that. But they really had to get on medication and, and seek it because it was something some of with a chemical imbalance, so to speak. Right. And, and, my, and my wife, you know, she, she came out of it. But every time that she would pick up my son, she was always crying and didn't know why. Yeah.
4: And that and that can feed into guilt because this is supposed to be the happiest time of your life. is right. the most beautiful baby that ever, ever, ever um, that ever came to earth, and God has blessed us. And why am I sad? And as a black woman, we typically expect you know black women to be strong and to be tough, and we just really don't have a history and a culture of wanting to go to the counseling center and want to go and, and, and get services that can help us out. And part of the reasons that we don't do that as a community, when I'm talking about the black community here and and many other communities, ethnic community or communities who aren't used to um, getting these services is that sometimes we enter into services in, uh, in an adversarial relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So if Eddie George was to go out and say, you know, I need some help, and then the next thing you know it's, it's on the news and then it's a big deal yeah. and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's played in this totally negative way to where you say, well, I better keep this to myself, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the, the other end of the spectrum where you might have a woman that's, you know, uh, you know uh, just, you know, working to get along and she's depressed and she, she can't take it another day with her kids and, you know, and she's got to come home to five kids and she's really stressed out and then she goes to somebody and says, I don't know what, I'm going to do, and I feel like it'd be better if God took me away. And they go, "Okay, well, we, well, God won't take you away, but we'll take your kids." Mm-hmm. You know, so so we don't have a history of electing services, and we don't we don't have a real good history with the medical and the psychological establishment with them coming in and helping us out when we need that kind of care and health. Then it's interesting that you mentioned that about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Because I write about, I have an essay that I wrote about where there was a woman that I worked with in the counseling center when I first um, started uh, started out as a psychologist, and she had these dreams that she was being visited by La Llorona, and then the. In the, in the spanish-speaking community that's a woman who um who who comes to pregnant women or women who've just had babies mm-hmm. and tells them that to, to smother their babies and to hurt their babies yeah. and they they call it la verona and we call it postpartum depression and i was able to immediately help this woman she said i'm afraid i'm going to hurt my baby i was immediately able to get her help get the baby help get them stabilized get her on some medications and get and get her and her baby reunited but unfortunately what that brought up for me I was thinking back to my own life and how depressed my mother was, and I felt a lot of guilt because my mother never had that kind of help. You know, she wasn't a college student. She was just a regular working mother, and if she'd gone somewhere and said, she used to say it all the time jokingly, you know, somebody come get these three kids, somebody would have came and got her three kids, and it would have been a foster care agency or would have been, you know, um, mm-hmm. so we really don't have that kind of help that we need. But then I started going back and looking at my mother's history and all the things that happened to her, one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, you know, it's justifiable depression, you know? Um, and so we have to figure out a way, you know, as women, as men, to be able to ask for the help we need. But then as practitioners, we need to be there to be able to give people yes. the help they need in a the way they need it.
3: Yes. Now, if you want to chime in, uh, please call in 866 472 5787 and this is a a wonderful conversation that we're having about this because i think this this segment can really change lives and and one of the things that um that you mentioned about you know in terms of women and everything else how if if you don't have the resources to get to a counselor or you know if you don't know what you're going through uh who can you talk to if you if the 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 bare essence if you don't have anything else who can you talk to if you can't afford to get to a counselor or if you don't know anything about uh, seeking help, what what would you suggest to somebody in that situation
4: well, I think that the first step is kind of recognizing when um, when the depression has gone on too long or when you're when you're really stuck and you need some help and because what what we try to do more than anything is try to sort things out ourselves, so trying to get a, a thought partner or somebody can help us uh, help us work through it is very important and I've seen people have a lot of success with turning towards the church and now when I went to New Orleans, I actually worked with a lot of uh, pastors that were there in the New Orleans area, and I had one one of the bishops there say to me. He was like, Sister, he was like, We got the Bible down. He was like, We need you to help us with the mental health and the and the mm-hmm. bottom line of what we worked on with, you know, this is where your scripture takes you and this is where your where your strategies of coping with your own life uh, allow you to use what's in the scriptures to create a plan to move you forward. And so what I've seen people do is go to the church and you don't just go and say, Well, you know, you know, I just need to pray, I just need to pray for God to fix me, but you need to go to church and say, You know, Pastor, I'm actually depressed. <laughs> I'm actually down, I actually need some help with working can do this and they'll they'll provide you with that they have a, a circle of care and I, I make jokes with my friends that are reverends about you know that in their in their um in their pastoral programs i was like mm-hmm. they need a rotation in, in um in and being able to provide like mental health services in addition to the spiritual counseling they provide and and they've always said that they they agree um because the church is where we go you know mm-hmm. where we go to get support um there are also a lot of resources online uh that you can go to mental health resources that, that you, you can at least see, like do checklists to see where you are and to see if you really fit, uh, fit into that uh, constellation of people who have been depressed. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, it has some suggestions for things that you can do to kind of help to lift your, re- your mood. Um, I've seen people to use, um, web resources like, um, online forums, like I'm about to use for your, uh, Eddie George experience to help me with my fitness. Really good. <laughs> so, um, so, but people, I've seen, I mean, for myself, I was, um, I had, I was trying to conceive a baby, and I used an online forum to help me to deal with the depression I was feeling for not being able to um, to, to get a child as quickly as I would like to. Mm-hmm. So those are some really good resources that people, people can use to follow through. But the number one thing is not to go it alone, because I really haven't seen people to, like, just in total isolation, I haven't seen people to be able to say, oh, I listed and I just did it all by myself. I've seen them use to best affect other people as resources mm-hmm. and other information as resources help
3: so really it's it's a, a mind body and spirit approach to to therapy to to uh healing yourself correct
4: it, yeah definitely and some of those things that are associated with that mind and, and body and spirit approach is you know really it is to make a plan for mm-hmm. how are you going to you know to get out of this depression so i have people plan okay. to get up and- i have yeah. And we're going to talk about that plan uh-huh. when we come back from a
3: break in a minute. So stay tuned.
0: The Internet's premier talk radio station, VoiceAmerica.com.
2: There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today.
5: Everything you want to be, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing their goals has to be difficult, but guess what? It isn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that's what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host, Sharman Lane, is offering you. Join Sharman Wednesday afternoons at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel for Success Made Simple. You'll be. Given the Principles to Success as written in her latest book, The Seven Secrets to Create Your Fate. Listen live to Success Made Simple, where you will find out how to set your goals, how to determine the steps needed to reach them, and overcome obstacles like fear and procrastination along the way. That's Success Made Simple every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific with Charmin Lane, right here on the Voice America channel. Voice America.
2: You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest, or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George.
3: And welcome back to Radio by George. I'm your host, Eddie George, and we're talking with Professor Dr. Gerald Lynn Fletcher, A.G., correct?
1: A.G., that's fine. Yeah, that's
3: fine. (laughs) A.G., 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 A.G. Right, that's right. You know, I guess it's too many hits in the head. (laughs) Okay, that's okay. Yeah, well, you know, we just talked uh, briefly off-air about um, just NFL players uh, again and – Just what they go through, and I'm I'm interested to 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 know the guys that you deal with. They're typically young, younger.
4: Athletes. Well, yeah, with the with the NFL Europe and I just start, started working with them uh, this year, and I actually helped NFL uh, Europe with some um, some needs last year. But yeah, definitely with the NFL, they're they're young men, like all 26 and younger, and you know, in the in the, the beginning of the prime of their life, um, with a lot of opportunities and exciting um, new uh, adventures ahead of them. And so, yeah, that, those are the ages that I deal with. But outside of that, I typically deal with um, men who are a little older who. Are I have uh, greater well not greater life stressors, but they're at a different stage in their life. They are you know where the where the where the NFL players that I might deal with now are, or the college students I might deal with now are the movers and the shakers. The next level of people that I deal with are the decision makers.
3: Now for, you the, know. for the young kids, the yeah. kids are they're just coming out of college in the NFL, Europe, seeking a job, trying to get on somewhere. Yeah. what do they deal with typically? What's your life like at that point in time in terms of depression?
4: Well, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. The biggest thing that I that I saw um when dealing with with, with any of these young men, you know, whether they be college students or, or whether they be, you know, in the beginning of, of trying to get drafted with the NFL or even getting selected is, is a lot of moving around, you know? And when the you talk about feeling, yeah, yeah the instability. Mm-hmm. What I know for sure is that, you know, depression can be offset when people have a firm grounding and understanding of who they are. And inasmuch as people attach themselves to their job, whether that job be professional football, whether that job be music, or whether that job be engineering, you know, if you get, if you get uprooted more than a few times, then it's going to start to impact how you see yourself in your career. Mm-hmm. And we know that for men, um and sometimes more so than women it's their careers that, that they identify themselves with as um their contribution to the world so when you have a guy that's moving around a lot then that's when i see them to be um more at risk for um uh, you know for depression or um, more at risk for feeling that instability and you you know when you're a rookie and and even if you're if you, even if you're top round draft pick right. you, you know you can be moved around now, um now
3: let's say that for instance your your situation doesn't go as planned. Um, you're over in Europe. You don't get on with the team. You're back working at Verizon somewhere, and you you made that decision to go to move forth. But there's something eating at you inside of you, saying, "Well, let me give it one more try." Is it safe to try to go back and revisit that situation again, try to relive that dream? When in some ways that that door has been shut. How do you know when the door has been shut in terms of your career?
4: Well, if you are um if you know that you have another chance that you should go for it and give it your all and you know, and work out and, and try to make the team and make the cut and everything. But if there is a for you it looks like that, that holding on to that dream or continuing to go back to that and continue to revisit that is causing you more harm than good. Yeah. Then you might want to consider moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that it's important for uh, for men to realize, like you said, you know what is the thing that you're looking forward to. The the, the young men that I've seen that have been. Very successful are that that I 've worked with are the young men that are like, "Oh yeah, well, when i 'm not here, I work as a financial analyst because I got my master's That's in right. it when they redshirted me at Vanderbilt. I went ahead and got my MBA mm-hmm. You know what I mean Those are the people that are going to feel more resilient they're going to be able to feel able to bounce back and ironically, those are also the people who are going to be able to focus more during the game times. Mm-hmm. One of the things we recognize is that when a man has a higher level of psychological disturbance they're more at risk for injuries." Um during game
3: time right uh, and that's and that's one of the things that I've learned uh through this whole situation is I've taken that energy that same energy that made me successful in the field and turned that into um a, a thirst for knowledge right. And right now I'm trying to get into the school of Kellogg University to get my master's in business, developing business relationships uh really enjoying uh morphing into a a radio personality and and a great talk show host, and and that's exciting. When you when you realize the opportunities and with the landscape that you have in front of you, it's even more exciting than when I was playing football. So now my perspective of of a of, of, of football is as a business because I've been through it, and I understand that I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's that's that's what I've learned, and you know I I just really feel for young men that are not stable in their mindsets and stable in their spirituality, stable in their body, because all that plays a huge part in your success in life and as you move through a lot of these things.
4: Well, you know, I think that it's it's very interesting to note that you know that part of that is your mindset, and so we can say, well, if I'm Eddie George and I can do that, but um, but there are other people that can kind of follow follow your lead, and that's why you have to write your book, Eddie, um, <laughs> because actually, honestly, I was actually working with the with a player, and I and he said to me, we got done talking and everything, and um, and he was the one that said, you know what, Doc, don't call it anxiety. He said, I call I call that intensity, and I was like, okay, I'll start saying intensity, you know, and so we're sharing information with each other back and forth, and at the end of the meeting, he said, well, when you, get, when you get done, Doc, I want to read your book. I said, well, no, when you get done, I want to read your book, you right. know, because he said that he was trying to figure out how to turn that intensity on the field into something positive off the field, so he's reading anything that he could get his hands on as a blueprint for how to take him from, you know, his life in the NFL to his life outside of the NFL, which is actually a mutual goal that not only the players want to see, but I know that the league officials want to see the same thing, too, is that people are building themselves in all aspects of their life, you know, and that's not just um, with the NFL, that's with any career, you know. So anytime we put everything into one part of our life, then we're not going to be balanced, Right,
3: and a great tip as well, something that I've learned is that when you're making that transition, it's something that you want or if you you visualize yourself being something, create your world, create your atmosphere, surround yourself with things that are of the things that you speak about and that you dream about. Have pictures on the wall, do everything you can to create your world, and it's funny how that happens, how you begin to morph and transition and, and start really taking on that different personality, and you know, to me, depression is is meant to go through, not mm-hmm. to live in, right. and and that's the and you learn something from from that 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 state of life every single time you go through it, mm-hmm. and uh, I say embrace it and move through it.
4: Yeah and I, and also to recognize that you're not alone. That's right. You know that that there's a, that's a high incidence of men who have who are depressed. Um and men don't often see themselves as depressed because it you know manifests as physical symptoms and then also men have a more um uh, active form of of depression than women in terms of they might um you know they might go out and and drink or they might go out and uh you know try to work it out or something like that because they're actually trying to strategize around uh Making the symptoms of depression go away. Where what you're suggesting is a healthier outlet, which is to say, you know, change their mindset so right. that they can be able to get beyond that filter. That's right. and, and you know what? It's 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 not going to happen accidentally. It's not going to happen overnight. It comes with practice and it comes with support. You know, it, it so
3: also comes with patience.
4: Yes, it does. It <laughs> does. You have to
3: be very patient. You have to be persistent. You have to stay focused. And and that's why it's so important to be grounded. Be to be prayerful and And really, really know what it is that you want and speak it every day you know there's there's obviously you know a book called the Secret and I rem- I can just you just offer that book to anybody that wants to read. I think it's a great book uh that speaks of uh speaking what it is that you want and really being proactive in that, and you'll find yourself not focused on the the problems that you may have or how depressed you are, but you're focused on. Being proactive and towards your dream you'll see as you get closer and closer all the jewels and and gems and the wisdom that comes along with that will boost you up right so we have a minute to close uh, uh, Dr. Geraldine, and uh, I just want to say thank you so much for for joining uh, ByGeorgeRadio.com today and this is our third show and you're our, our special guest and we have to have you on again. I yeah, mean, well, definitely. the conversation.
4: Yeah, well, I appreciate being on the show. Um, and there's a lot of information and resources out there, mm-hmm. and I'd love to come back anytime and talk some more and have um, some of your callers to call in and see if we can that's create right. some real strategies in real time because that's what's needed. So now, thank you so much.
3: Is there a website we can get to you at or anything like that? Well,
4: actually, uh, people can go to me, uh, at, can find me at celebrityhealthnetwork.com. Okay. So celebrityhealthnetwork.com.
3: Well, there you have it, another edition of bygeorgeradio.com. I want to thank Dr. Geraldine Fletcher, A.G. Yes. A.G. Dr. Geraldine Fletcher, A.G. She'll hopefully be coming on our show a little bit more as our expert analyst on uh, psychology. Yes, sir. And until next time, that's the word by George. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm
4: -hmm.